90 down, 275 to go. My name is Chris. This is at a theater near me, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Today, I'm going to be talking about the movies Dog and Jujutsu Kaisen, but I'm going to be spending most of the podcast talking about the next couple months in movies uh, as far as the box office is concerned. So talking about blockbusters, bombs, the bazaar, uh, should hopefully be an interesting outlook in the next couple months. But before I go any further, do you have a collection of sports cards sitting in your basement collecting dust? Have you ever wondered what your binders full of baseball cards are worth? Are you a fan of sports cards or heard of the recent boom in the sports card industry? Now is the time to reach out to Alex with Saints 413 and cash in on your collection. Alex specializes in all aspects of the sports card industry, from buying, selling, trading, grading, and even running box breaks. Alex has been in the sports card industry for over 15 years and has bought and sold hundreds of thousands of dollars in sports cards. Reach out to Alex to help you cash in. And if you are already on the sports card trading bandwagon, Alex runs multiple box breaks each week with the latest and best products through his eBay store at Saints413. It's all one word, Saints413. He also has a YouTube channel at Saints413Breaks. Saints413Breaks. For more information on how you can sell your cards for some side cash or get some help navigating through the sports card industry, reach out to Alex at saints413breaks at gmail.com. That's saints413breaks at gmail.com or check out his eBay store once again, Saints413. He would love to hear from you. Okay, the great Oscar-winning screenwriter William Goldman, he wrote All the President's Men, Princess Bride, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, he, he's written a number of movie books, uh, but one of them is called The Big Picture. And it's a, just a collection of his essays he wrote uh, while he was writing for the Premier Magazine, the Daily News, New York Magazine, and the Los Angeles Magazine. And it's the big picture talks specifically about the 90s. All of those essays were written in the 1990s. And the book itself is fantastic. It gives a really interesting look at, at the 90s in cinema and what kind of what perception was at the time. Uh, the nice thing about Goldman was he was a pretty confident guy and he wrote these essays and some of them he missed the boat completely. Uh, like for instance, the success of Home Alone completely surprised him. Um, and there's other instances where he may have bet on the wrong horse. And a lot of people in Hollywood were betting on the wrong horse. And, you know, like every year there's surprises uh, and there's bombs. Uh, and, but he was open and honest about it. And he writes from a guy that knows show business, but then on the flip side uh, is really funny and really acidic with his writing. Um, can't recommend that book enough, but I thought it might be fun to kind of take a look at the next, you know, we're entering quarter two here of the year. Might be fun to look at the next three months. And, and I thought break it down into a number of segments here. We can talk about the movies that I think are going to be the blockbusters. So, you know, making a hundred million dollars or more. The movies I think that are going to be bombs. And then I have like the bizarre or like the what the fuck category. Like, I don't know what to make of these movies. So let's talk the, the blockbusters first. Now, blockbuster is a, is an interesting term in 2022. A few years ago, $100 million was not a blockbuster, you know, back in, say, 2015. Um, certainly it was in 1990, but in 2015, that's not the case. But I'm going to call it $100 million just because the box office now is so hard to predict, and it's also still really COVID-affected. Um, for instance, you know, we're in April now. There's only been two movies that have cracked the $100 million mark that were released this year. The Batman, obviously, it's over $300 million. And then Uncharted is at like 130 So, you know, it isn't easy for these movies to hit $100 million. You know, movies like Jackass Forever or Scream 5 or Dog have all been successful, 
but none of those movies have even hit $90 million. So $100 million is still a pretty big mark to hit. I have right now, I think there's going to be eight movies that come out the next three months that are going to hit $100 million. So let's start with the one that I'm least confident about, and that's Morbius. So Morbius just came out uh, this past weekend. It hit $39 million opening weekend. And that's typically $39 million. You're like, all right, that movie could hit 100 pretty easily. The problem is this movie is getting savaged in reviews. People are just trashing this movie left and right. This seems like one of the worst comic book movies in recent memory. People really hate this movie. I imagine, you know, the first weekend you're going to have your Marvel fanboys come out. Um, and even so, $39 million is pretty weak for an opening superhero movie. But regardless, uh, but you just know they're going to have over 50% drop off next week. And that drop off could hit 60 or 70%. And if that's the case, yeah, it made $39 million this weekend. But next weekend, it might only, you know, could bring in less than 20, you know, 15 to 20. Then it's the math to 100 gets a little harder. I still think it gets there. I think Sony will keep it in theaters long enough to get there. So the thing that, um, the positive thing, I guess, about Morbius is that it was incredibly inexpensive to make. And that also might be why it's, people are saying it's such a bad movie. I guess it only cost 75 million to make. Now it cost a shit ton more than that to promote it. And a big reason why is because this was a movie that was pushed off the schedule at least three different times. So, you know, they have to rev up. They have to, sometimes they bought, uh, for the last time they moved it, excuse me, um, they're supposed to come out at the end of January of this year. They bought TV advertising for that, for Morbius. They had uh, purchased other avenues to market the movie. Um, and then they had to pull all those things back. So, um, you know, to rev up that engine four different times is can be challenging. So I guess the concern here for Sony is how long can you keep making bad movies though? I mean, I know people... People seem to be okay with the Venom movies. Um, obviously, Spider-Man is its own creature, but that's more because of Marvel than Sony. But like Sony eventually is going to, you know, wear out its welcome with some of these comic book fans. And they're going to know, all right, well, it's a Sony movie. That's a, that's a skipper to stay, stay away from because they're never good. It's pretty clear as of right now, at this moment, Sony has nowhere near the ability to make the kind of quality movies that Marvel makes. And honestly, after the Batman uh, last month, it... Sony is even quite a bit behind the DC movies that Warner is putting out. Having said all that, I think it cracks 100, but it'll be really close. And that, that, that's a 50-50 shot in that one. The other ones I'm a lot more confident about. The next one is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That's going to come out next weekend. I think that will get there. Um, so Sonic was one of the last movies that came out before the pandemic. And it came out, I believe, in February of 2020. It made almost $150 million domestic. And... It still had pretty good buzz. People, it was a movie that I know a lot of like younger kids watched there during the pandemic because it was a newer release. And there seems to be a pretty warm feeling for this sequel coming out. It's introducing the character Knuckles to the um, to the Sonic movie universe. Jim Carrey's back for the sequel. Um, I think, and also there just hasn't been a lot of kids movies. And I think because of that, I think you're going to see this crack $100 million. It might be a tough, just like Morbius. I think it's going to be a tough road to get there. It's not going to be a slam dunk. But I think Sonic is, is going to make some money. Okay, now we have Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. Uh, this is a series of movies I think was supposed to be five or six movies. Um, they've already, I think, kind of said it's only going to probably be a trilogy. Uh, the first one opened with 234 domestic. That was back in 2016. 
And then the one uh, back in 2018 had 159 domestic. So you can see kind of the negative trend. There's also been some kind of bad press around this to some extent where like Johnny Depp was involved and then he had all of his personal issues. So he's not even in this movie. I think it might be Mads Mikkelsen is taking his spot. And as much as Johnny Depp's kind of a toxic figure right now in Hollywood, I mean, he definitely has more clout than Mads Mikkelsen does. Having said all that, I still think there is an audience for these movies. It's been four years since the last one. That's going to, I think, help in this case where people um, may have had a little of Potter fatigue by the time the second Fantastic Beast movie came out, where now I think you do have an audience kind of chomping at the bit for this. Plus, I think people just kind of want to see these kind of movies. I think it is funny, though. Like, you know, you had Johnny Depp in the last one, and then you have Ezra Miller in this one. Ezra Miller has all these personal issues. I talked about that uh, a couple episodes ago when I covered the movie asking for it. Um, so like any, anyone involved with these fantastic beast movies seems to have some like dark clouds surrounding them. It's a, it's a strange thing after, you know, you figure the success casting the first series of Harry Potter, we cast all those young kids, you know, anything can go wrong with these kids. And they see, all those kids seem to have grown up to be really well adjusted and seem to be, I don't know, a lot of them have successful Hollywood careers still. Uh, but these fantastic beast movies have been, uh, seeming to be a disaster. Like I said, having said all that, I still think it hits $100 million. The following week on April 22nd, a movie called The Bad Guys come out. Uh, this is a cartoon about a piranha, a wolf, a snake, a shark, a tarantula, kind of all these quote unquote bad animals um, that have to band together and become good guys. Seems like it kind of might be like a cartoon heist movie. I will say there's no huge names attached to this, like Sam Rockwell and Aquafina and Craig Robinson, but I mean, there's no giant, like, you know, Bono or Bradley Cooper from, from Sing 2. There's nothing like that. But this is a movie that's been promoted a lot. The trailer is, I think, really kid-friendly. I think people are excited for a, a cartoon to bring their kids to. You know, Sonic is the, has that live action element where the, the bad guys is strictly a cartoon and there hasn't been a cartoon a, a true cartoon that's come out this entire year. Uh, you know, we've had Encanto, we've had Sing 2 uh, on the box office report. Studios have been terrified to put out a kid's movie because they're afraid that because uh, some kids aren't vaccinated or at least weren't able to be vaccinated and a lot of parents were concerned that parents were not going to bring their kids to the movie theaters. But if you look at the success of Sing 2 and how long that stayed in the box office, that's kind of proven the point otherwise. I think that there is a huge audience of families that are excited to bring their kids to a movie. I think a lot of the COVID fear is, is much more dampered down than it was six months ago, obviously. I think this movie could do really well. I, I predict this will break $100 million. All right, next on the list is the movie that I think is going to make the most money of any movie over the next three months. This is the easiest slam dunk to $100 million. Uh, it might even have it by the fifth day it's out. That's Doctor Strange and in the Multiverse of Madness. It's the sequel to the first Doctor Strange movie that came out in 2016. That movie made $232 million domestic. But since then, Doctor Strange has appeared in most recent Spider-Man movie, which made $800 million. He's been in these Avenger movies. Um, people seem to really like the Doctor Strange character. That's going to that's gonna break $300 million. Uh, and that's going to be, I think, the biggest hit of this entire uh, three-month period here. The question isn't if Doctor Strange hits $100 million. I really think the question is, is Doctor Strange hit $400 million? I, I think it could be that successful. Okay, three weeks later, another slam dunk to $100 million. That's Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if doing a comp to the original Top Gun makes any sense. Uh, the original Top Gun, of course, came out in 1986, so over 35 years ago. I don't know if that's a, um, something you can compare it to, but that movie made $180 million when it came out. It was the number one movie of 1986. And obviously, I, I think it's only built an audience since then. Um, 
it'll definitely eclipse $180 million, I would imagine. Tom Cruise hasn't been in a movie, movie in, in a long time. He has the two Mission Impossible movies that he's been working on back to back. So he's been saving, I think, Mission Impossible 7 until 8 is completed. I think there is an appetite for Tom Cruise. We haven't seen him in a while. And I think there is an appetite for Top Gun. I mean, we haven't seen that in forever. They've done a really good job marketing this. Paramount has all their eggs in the Top Gun basket. The reason they haven't released this movie is there's a lot riding on this. Um, if this movie does tank and this movie fails, Paramount's fucked. Like they have this and they have the two Mission Impossible movies. And, and that's really what they're banking on to keep that studio going. Now they've had some small successes this year with Scream and with Jackass, but like, you know, they did well, but I think Jackass made about 70 million, Scream made about 80. You know, those two movies combined aren't going to make what Top Gun makes the first three weeks it's out. Like, the, like Top Gun and Mission Impossible are, are what is going to save Paramount. That and their their uh, streaming channel, which which they're they're putting a lot on. Um, those other movies are definitely help, but Top Gun is huge to them. I think it's going to do really well. I mean, even if it gets bad reviews, I just think there's a real audience for this. I think you have a lot of younger guys that are in their 30s or early 40s who might have been too young to see the original Top Gun that would go out and see this. So I, I think I think also could attract an older crowd. Uh, so this might even be a movie that has a really long legs in the box office. Typically, older audiences don't come out unless the movie's been out for a couple weeks. So this could be a movie that runs all summer long, where you just see Top Gun Maverick just in the theaters until Labor Day. Two weeks after that is Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, this is the third in the series of these new Jurassic World movies, which obviously is a sequel to Jurassic Park. Uh, the first Jurassic World made $653 million, which is insane. The second one made four seventeen. I don't, that was four years ago. I don't know if that same excitement toward Jurassic World is still out there. They've done a pretty good job with the trailer. They really are trying to tie it back to the original Jurassic Park. So there's a lot of Sam Neill, there's a lot of Laura Dern, there's a lot of Jeff Goldblum, even more so than you see Chris Pratt or Bryce uh, Dallas Howard. Um, they really are putting the older stars front and center. This movie will easily crack $100 million, don't get me wrong. But I think Doctor Strange and I think Top Gun are going to do better than Jurassic World Dominion. Now, I could be very, really stupid saying that. Like I said, the, the second one made $417 million domestic. So I could be way off, way out of line there. This, this movie could easily be the number one movie of this, of quarter two. But I, I'm just not as high in it. I don't feel there's a lot of excitement or energy toward it. Um, I think like I said both Doctor Strange and Top Gun do better than Jurassic World Dominion. Um, but one thing is for sure, I think Jurassic World Dominion will do better than, than Harry Potter. And then a week later is Lightyear. Uh, this is uh, voiced by Chris Evans, and it is the, I guess, spinoff of the Toy Story series, uh, where you, this is just simply focused on Buzz Lightyear, I guess the quote-unquote real Buzz Lightyear. Um, the last Toy Story movie came out in 2019. It made $434 million. I don't think there's any way Lightyear hits that. I mean, that Toy Story cachet means a lot um, to families, and it's not going to do that. But Will it crack over 200 million? I think it will. Um, you know, you figured the bad guys comes out April 22nd and then light years two months later. So I think there will be that audience. I mean, kids will be out of school by then. So I think it, it's picking a smart weekend to come out. So I think light year will do really well and easily crack 200 million. And this could start a new series. I mean, maybe it's really wise of, of Pixar to go down this road again. I mean, Disney has famously frozen Pixar out of the movie theaters. Uh, the last three movies Pixar has made, Disney, Walt Disney Company, has shifted those movies to Disney+. Plus. Okay, let's talk bombs. Uh, I think these are four movies that I have here that I think are really gonna underwhelm 
um, maybe what the studios had in mind, or just basically be dead on arrival and just no one's going to see these movies. The first one is, is coming out next weekend. It's called Ambulance. And this is Michael Bay movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. And this movie actually doesn't look that bad. I just don't think there's any buzz around it. It's coming out the same weekend as Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's coming out a weekend after Morbius. And I'm just not quite sure what the audience for Ambulance is. It's not very well marketed. It's uh, a heist action movie. Michael Bay directed it, but it's not like, I don't think it's a traditional Michael Bay, like Pearl Harbor kind of just shitty disaster movie. Like it seems to be a more thoughtful film. Uh, but I think a lot's going to depend on the reviews. If this is really well reviewed, maybe it will have a longer shelf life than we're giving it credit for. I just think the timing for this movie is really bad. I mean, you already have, you know, you have Batman that's been out there for a while. You have the Lost City that's been out there um, and doing pretty well. And then you tack on Morbius, which is going to be in the second week of its two-week hold. And then Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is coming out the same weekend as Ambulance. And you're starting to wonder, like, where is the room for this movie? I don't think there's any chance it's going to be in 4,000 theaters. I think it's going to be in the $3,000, 3,000 theater range, which uh, isn't enough for a movie like that, I don't think. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to do very well. The following week is maybe the worst movie of this quarter, a worst major release. Uh, that, at least the way it looks, based on the trailer. It's called Father Stew. Um, it's based on the true life of a boxer turned priest, uh, played by Mark Wahlberg, who also produced this. It also stars Mel Gibson and Jackie Weaver. This movie looks absolutely atrocious. It looks like an SNL sketch. And it's written and directed by Rosalind Ross. And um, if you don't know who that who she is, don't feel bad. It's Mel Gibson's 31-year-old girlfriend. She doesn't appear to have much of any film experience. I don't know how many theaters this is going to go into. I don't know if there's going to be a situation where they just really rely on the religious crowd uh, to come see this. But I don't see any way this isn't a disaster based on that trailer. It looks absolutely atrocious. I recommend checking that trailer out. I almost don't want to give anything away. I want you guys to watch it on your own. It's that bad. And it has so many bizarre twists. Um, it's very strange. At one point, um, David O. Russell was attached to this. He dropped out. Remember, it's also going to be coming. It's going to be coming out the Wednesday before the Harry Potter, the Fantastic Beast movie comes out. That's going to be coming out on the Friday, April 15th. For some reason, Father Stew is coming out Wednesday, April 13th. I don't really understand why. And you know, people are going to be ready to drag any Mel Gibson movie anyway. So the fact that it is Mel Gibson in an actual bad movie, I don't know. I think Father Stew could be one of those movies we, we laugh at years from now. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but this is one I have my eye on. It was like one of these just absolutely Terrible movies. Um, you know, this is like you know Razzie contender potentially. A month later is Firestarter. This is with Zac Efron. Uh, Zac Efron was in that movie Gold that I, I liked. This is a remake of the Drew Barrymore movie. Of course, it's uh, based on a Stephen King novel. This uh, this new version has the dad from that '70s show. He's probably maybe the second biggest name in this movie. I believe this is going to be also premiering on. Peacock uh, the same day, so the same day and day as, as the movie release. But this movie just looks terrible. Uh, I can't believe it's getting a May 13th release. This is something that probably should have been released in January or February. Um, this trailer looks absolutely horrible. You know, the original Firestarter um, was kind of a campy, stupid movie, but it had some charms to it. And Drew Barrymore, obviously a great child actress, where uh, this girl doesn't appear to be doing a good job at all. Uh, this looks like a terrible movie. Um, check out the trailer for Firestarter as well. The Firestarter and Father Stew are the two worst movies. The other bomb, and I could be way off in this one, is Elvis. So this is the Baz Luhrmann movie about Elvis Presley's life. This is going to come out June 24th. 
It stars Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. It's the guy that kind of ran Elvis's career. Austin Butler plays Elvis Presley. And I, I just think he looks nothing like Elvis Presley. And he he's based in the trailer. He's playing him unusually. I mean, these biopics are never really that good anyway, especially when, like it's, it's, you know, all the way from the, when he's a kid to, I think up until he dies. So it's like his whole life. It's only, you know, I don't know how you can, especially Elvis Presley's life was so full. Like, I don't know how you're going to put all that into a two hour movie. Like, is there a big demand for like Elvis Presley movies? You know, some music biopics obviously have worked. We saw it with um, Bohemian Rhapsody made a ton of money. Even Rocket Man got pretty bad reviews. That almost made a hundred million domestic, but I don't know. I think this is a movie that's not going to do. I don't think summer audiences want to see this. It just looks weird. Maybe an Elvis movie would have worked more in the 80s, but I just feel like a lot of that audience just has aged out or or isn't alive anymore that would really want to see this. Okay, three quick, just bizarre movies here um, that I don't really know how they're going to work and, and how they're going to do. Uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This is coming out on April 24th, um, which is a couple days after The Bad Guys. This is the Nicolas Cage movie, and it's Nicolas Cage playing himself. This actually looks pretty funny and pretty interesting. I'm excited for it. I hope it does well. It seems to be obviously super meta, but also like in on the joke. He seems in on the joke. He In the trailer, it looks like he's having a blast. I could see something like this doing okay, making between 50 and 70 million. It didn't look like it cost a ton to make. I could see this being like a mid-range hit just because it's so weird. People do, a lot of people do still love Nicolas Cage, um, whether they grew up with the National Treasure movies or even older audiences that loved him in Moonstruck. Like there are people or like Leaving Las Vegas or obviously the Con Air face-off crowd. Like, you know, his career was so long and people do like him that I could see them coming out to see a movie where he's playing himself and having fun with his persona. So I think that's going to do okay. Um, $100 million, probably not, but I could see it falling in the middle ground somewhere. And if it is, you know, I, I hope it does well. It seems like It seems like it's a lot of fun. Right after The Bad Guys comes out is The Northman. And this is a movie I don't understand how it's going to be profitable. It costs $90 million to make. It's directed by Robert Eggers. He directed The Witch and he directed The Lighthouse, both critical favorites. Neither movie made over $40 million domestic. Um, I don't know how this is going to make money. The reason I say that, it costs $90 million to make. The stars Ethan Hawke, Nicole Kidman. It's a movie about a, uh, a son that watched his father get killed and then comes back as an adult to get revenge. But it takes place, I think, during like Viking times. A lot of movie nerds are really excited for this. Um, Robert Eggers is a big fan favorite among movie geeks. Uh, he does some really interesting stuff visually and, and tells some creative stories. But I just don't see any way this recoups $90 million. I, I don't know if this is going to break 30 or $40 million. I don't see... Eggers is an interesting director. I'm excited to see this. But... The idea that like a mass audience is going to see this, I, I don't, I don't get it, and it, it's going up against a lot of competition. By the time this comes out, you know, Ambulance is going to be in theaters, which I know isn't huge, but Fantastic Beast, The Bad Guys, Sonic Two, Morbius, even like The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, while a very different movie, that's going to be the same audience. People who are probably more coastal, probably more film geeky, are going to go see one of those two movies that weekend, and they're probably going to go, I think, go see the Nicolas Cage movie just because it's more. It just looks more entertaining. It looks like a better night out. Uh, something like The Northman looks like a little bit of a chore. So I don't know. I don't see how that movie's going to make money. And the last movie I'll talk about is The Black Phone. This is uh, comes out on June 24th. It's the same day as the Elvis movie. This is, I, I believe, a movie where Ethan Hawke plays um, a guy that kidnaps and kills young children. 
is there an audience that wants to see Ethan Hawke do that? Is that a way to spend like a summer night is to watch a movie about like little kids getting kidnapped? I mean, that sounds awful. Like, and it could be a good movie. I don't mean like that, but it just doesn't sound like a very fun, a fun summer night out. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I guess I give Ethan Hawke credit for willing to kind of play a bad guy. I mean, he's, he's obviously had a really impressive career, done some really interesting things, take some cool chances with some cool directors. You know, he's been nominated for a couple Oscars. Um, he's never won. And one of those Oscars was for screenwriting. You'd love to see him get an Oscar. I, I think he's had that kind of career where he certainly deserves one. Um, but this isn't even Oscar bait. I don't know what he's doing here. And, but it is a Boomhouse movie, and Boomhouse movies can make some money. I mean, they did uh, The Purge, Paranormal Activity. So that's why I didn't put it in the bomb, because I could see this potentially making money somehow just because of that Boomhouse effect. But man, that has a lot of red flags for me. Uh, I, this is uh, covering the movies I saw on March 30th and March 31st. But that does mean it is the end of budget month. So I've spent $2,887, which would be $32.07 a day or $11,708 for the entire year. I think I was in the $14,000 range when I started budget month, down in the eleven, in the $11,000 range. If you look at everything I've spent for this entire month, it would be $601. Uh, that would be under eight grand a year if I, did, if I was as successful budget month as I would be every month. Look, going to see a movie every day is a tough task, both logistically and financially. Luckily, with the help of Tom Treshock from CNA Financial Group, you can reduce your worry about the financial planning portion. Tom's approach helps show your big financial picture and finds ways to build income and protect wealth, all while maintaining your current way of life. To schedule a meeting with Tom to find out more, give him a call at 732-403-7747. Once again, that's 732-403-7747 to book your meeting. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PS. Securities, products, and advisory services offered to PS member FINRA, SIPC. CNA Financial Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS. Big thank you to Tom Treshock for uh, sponsoring the entirety of Budget Month, even as it went a little bit long here. If you have any financial questions, uh, give him a call. He's a really friendly guy. I'd be happy to talk with you and go through how we can help you in your financial picture. Okay, Dog. Uh, Dog is directed by Reed Carolyn and Channing Tatum. It's the first time either, either of them has directed a movie. It stars Channing Tatum and a cast of mostly unknowns beyond that. You know what? The Batman. The Batman is a better work of art than Dog is. Batman is more complex. It's doing more interesting things visually. It's doing more interesting things from a plot standpoint. It's asking different kind of questions. I think Dog's a better movie. I enjoyed Dog more. I had more fun watching Dog. Uh, Dog is the third best movie that has come out in 2022 behind the Beatles Get Back documentary and Jackass Forever. Uh, I put Dog right in that number three spot pretty easily. This is just a good night out at the movie theaters. It's about a former U.S. Army Ranger, has some major PTSD stuff going on. Pretty simple story, pretty simple storytelling. It's just done really well. It has a fantastic soundtrack. Channing Tatum is not a great actor but he doesn't try to be. He's just charming as hell. And he is a very good actor in the scenes he needs to be. You know, he's a really smart guy. And you can tell by how this movie's directed, he's a smart guy. And you can also tell by kind of how he structured his career and what he's doing in this movie, he's a very smart guy. He's very believable as a former US Army Ranger. He seems to be a guy that's gonna be more thoughtful of his surroundings than just reacting to things wildly, um, which I believe is how someone who is trained like he is would behave in situations. 
this character is a flawed person. He's not perfect by any stretch. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like that he's a confident enough actor to play someone that maybe isn't the best human being in the entire world, but is a good guy and someone you can root for. This movie is not perfect. It definitely, some elements of the plot make you roll your eyes a little bit. And some stuff that's added for humor that may, might not be 100% necessary. But the actual story and the performance, especially by Tatum, um, it's so strong that it overwhelms those other negative aspects. I'm going to give this movie a B. I believe it is streaming now. Um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it's a great date night movie. I mean, look, if, if a soldier and a dog on a road trip, if that's something that doesn't appeal to you at all, it's, it's doesn't sound like anything you'd want to watch, then skip it. Um, but if you have, if it has any interest at all for you, it's worth a watch. Uh, it's definitely an entertaining movie and it has its heart in the right place. And it's probably over sentimental at times. And I will admit I'm that, that can trigger me. I'm a, I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. And I'm probably being manipulated through a good chunk of it between the dog and the soldier, soldier elements. And um, this is, like I said, a movie that definitely tugs your heartstrings, but uh, it does it really well. And I had a really good time watching this movie. Uh, easy recommendation for me. Uh, solid B. Not quite the case with Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. I, I feel bad even reviewing this just because I don't really understand what, what's going on. Um, this is a prequel. Obviously, the story isn't as confusing as something would have been if it was in the middle of some series, but I was still really confused throughout this. I'm not a fan of anime. Um, um, I saw the movie Bell, uh, and that was pretty good, but that was a singular story that was not in a world of kind of magic and curses and things like that. This is, this has a lot of, has a lot of those elements. Um, there's a lot of fighting in this movie, um, between cursed creatures and non cursed creatures. I will say this is a movie that has gotten, uh, very good reviews from people who enjoy the anime genre and enjoy this series. Uh, I guess if you enjoy Jujutsu Kaisen, um, you will, you will like this movie based on um, what I've seen online. I'm not a fan of anime. There's nothing about, I, I don't think there's any way this movie could have won me over, uh, honestly. That's why I feel kind of bad reviewing it. I don't think it's fair. I'm going to give it a C minus. It wasn't horrible. And some of the animation was interesting. Some of it I thought was really cheesy. Um, there's a character uh, that is a panda, like a giant panda. It's like one of the good guys, but I guess he's not a panda. Instead, he's a rotting corpse that just has the image of a panda. So stuff like that, I just don't, as you can tell, I just don't understand. I don't really know what's happening. Um, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Um, it's something that I would never have seen on my own. And it's not really for me at all. I guess, I guess that's the nicest thing I can say is it appears that if you like Jujutsu Kaisen, you probably would have already seen this. Um, but if you're, and if you, I think if you're on the fence about anime, like check, you can check it out. It seems, I said Rotten Tomatoes score is very high on it. And I haven't seen too much negativity about it online. And it has some, I guess, interesting animation. I don't know. Uh, I mean, thumbs down for me, but, um, you know, I said, there's no, there's no way I would have liked this movie. It had an impossible task. Okay. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday, but if you're looking to support the show, ad rates start at $50 a read. You can shoot me an email at a theater at gmail.com. That's at a theater at gmail.com. Or you can shoot me a direct, direct message on Twitter. It's at a theater near me. So the at symbol, a theater near me, be happy to talk about scheduling and ad rates with you. I'll be back on Thursday talking about the movie The Contractor and the career of Chris Pine. I don't know if it's been underwhelming or been exactly maybe what it should have been. Uh, I will talk to you folks on Thursday.